Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 16. Sweet. We're, we did it. We just figured out how to hit record. So uh, today we've got a pretty full boat. Uh, we got Terry Phillips from Driveline. And we got uh, Nick Thurlow with Next Era. Uh, so it's kind of a PT heavy, heavy uh, episode here. Um, then we got our large staff here at Push Performance. Everybody's here today besides Eric. So EE e. Strength. Um, and, our other, and, our, and our other intern. But he changed his Santa profile picture. He did change his Santa profile picture. I don't know if anybody <laughs> knows that. He's <laughs> yeah. So, so, Terry, let's start with you, man. Give us a little bit of background. Um, who you are, where you are, what you started with, how you got to where you're at, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so my name is Terry Phillips. Um, the the only, I was going to say the head. I'm the only physical therapist at Triveline Baseball <laughs> right now. Uh, I've been here since 2016 where I started part-time, uh, moved into full-time role in 2017. Uh, graduated from Ithaca College out in New York where I'm originally from, Western New York. Uh, graduated 2009, moved out to Seattle shortly thereafter. Uh, I was working at an outpatient clinic. For a few years, uh, we're at a talk. I met uh, Kyle Bodie, and we kind of started like linking up. And he started sending some guys to me. It basically is by default as being the only PT that he knew that had an interest in baseball. Uh, and then during that time, my company that I was with got bought out by fucking Starbucks. Can I, oh, sorry. Can I? Are we good on swearing? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I get sorry. I get I get I get amped up and then. Things happen, uh, but we got bought out by uh, essentially like Starbucks PT, uh, and it just things went south. I decided it was time for a change. Luckily, I already had a kind of a link up at Driveline, and they were and as they were growing, they were able to take me on full time. So I've been there ever since. Now, as I said, about 2017 or so. That right, sounds familiar, huh, Nick? God damn, that sounds familiar. <laughs> 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 sounds real familiar. Yeah, I mean. That's Nick and I have worked together. I mean, since 2011, right, Nick? Wow. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we still. I'm probably the only one that still gets along with DJ this far into it. So. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but and my wife. Sometimes. Nick and his wife. <laughs> That's yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. We have a long distance relationship right now, though, so you know it's trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, Austin, our our in-house physical therapist here is not even on the on the show, so. Yeah, how he's getting paid right now. He's working. Does, yeah, doesn't want it. Grinding. Doesn't want to really take care of my guy. Well, is he? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Good. That's what I pay um, him to do. And I do all the like, you know, the glitz and glamour stuff. And he's, you know, he's in, tra- <laughs> he's in the trenches. He's in the trenches. You're, you're the you're the Elon Musk of. Uh, That's right, man. This is, this is capitalism Eight. at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's all right. Let's get this get, get, get this going a little bit. Um. So so Nick, what uh. I know you and I have been, you know, we created a pretty awesome text thread with all of our coaches, um, communicating with athletes, all that kind of stuff. Um, Terry, how do you guys communicate with with the, your strength staff, with your throwing directors, all that kind of stuff? How do you guys kind of build that cohesive program that you all have done so well, so efficiently? Uh, I mean, it's, it, there's multiple, I guess there's kind of like multiple layers to that. One you know, I where I'm at right now within the facilities, like I'm basically right between HP and uh, the throwing staff and the hitting staff too. So it's like it's very easy, open, like just mouth to mouth communication is kind of like the first layer of that. To get more like official, 
communication we do have like a uh, just a slack channel where if we need to like send quick messages to people if like they're not openly you know ready to live on the floor i can send messages to them too um within our our uh tracking software track um i do make notes based off of what i find for guys um you know i have the evaluation notes i have the uh daily assessment notes and then from there i can like drop in a note in specifically for the all the other trainers to see if there's any like major red flags that i think are important uh on top of that, additionally, if there are major red flags, you know, then I go back to the other lines of communication too, just make sure I don't let anything slip in the cracks. I don't want to just document it in one place, assume that the all the other trainers are going to see it, and then all of a sudden they, you know, by just being busy, they don't get a chance to look at it. Uh, at the end of each day, depending on who I have for that day, uh, we have like another, I don't know if you guys use Basecamp at all, but um, we have another system basically of like more for project management, and then I'll drop in like, more specific notes for the entire floor to see. I'll be tagging the trainers, be like, okay, so-and-so has this going on. Uh, you know, at the time, I think maybe tomorrow we should dial, for the next couple of days, maybe dial back his training. Um, or I can say like, hey, you know, let's just keep an eye on this, but this is what he has going on. We may have to dial back later on, but I don't think right now. Uh, so it's more like, a, it's just a day-to-day -day communication uh, that, like I said, we have it documented, but we also have very open lines, like informal lines of communication too. That's awesome. Yeah, we're kind of old school. We just use text messaging, like a giant yeah. <laughs> group, group chat and uh, Excel spreadsheets. Like we do our player development reports, like with Noah. Noah, talk about that. It's how you know you you communicate with us, right? On just what you change on there, we have access, full access to everyone. Yeah. So. Uh, whenever athletes come in, I usually just create a Google Doc for them. Um, it basically just has an over, like a movement overview, kind of what the strength staff sees in their assessment and then what I see in my assessment. Um, that's a two-part kind of like the first thing that they see. Then we go into like a general overview, kind of what the plan is going to be, write it out in a couple paragraphs. Um, basically, just what's going to happen over the time that they're with us, whether they're Staying for a month, staying for six months, you know, staying for a couple weeks and going remote, um, whatever their situation may be, uh, we kind of outline what it's going to look like for them, um, as well as maybe go into a little more depth on the movement side of things on what we see. And then um, after that, it's just basically writing out their plyo program, um, giving a short explanation on kind of why we're doing the things that we're doing. And then a pitch design section after that, um, if we do happen to get them on the mound in their um, assessment, if they're ready to, uh, we'll get all the TrackMan data, um, kind of put that on paper right where they're currently at, and then give them a goal, kind of what we want to see down the line once we get to that phase of our training. He's been bugging me about getting on the track, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, I know some people that can, like, hook you up with that. Yeah. I don't know anybody over there. <laughs> um, so Nick, what do you, I mean, what's the, what's the biggest benefit that you've seen the way we've been communicating with the athlete and how it's helped yeah. your business, our business, you know, the driveline you guys are in house as well. Like how is it all kind of meshed together? I think this was uh, this is actually a conversation I had. We just, we have a new hire that started last week. And one of the things I was talking to her about was when you have a, you know, like a 12, 13, 14 year old kid and they're coming in here and we're trying to push them towards, you know, you guys for strength development, performance development, things like that. Just having that conversation with the, even like the parent of, hey, I have access to, to their program within Team Builder. 
And, you know, especially if guys are coming back like post-op, like, you know, Joe and I share, we have seven TJs right now. And so like being able to kind of tap into their program and look at it and see kind of what they're doing, where they've been at, um, you know, I like to modify that A block, that movement deficiency block quite a bit. Cause I mean, we're seeing them, you know, two, three times a week. And it's so, like, Joe and I are constantly communicating about like where a guy's at post-op and being able to kind of like progress them to that next phase. And it's easier just to like log into team builder, change a few things and then text Joe and say, Hey, this guy is eight weeks out. Now we're going to progress to X. Um, and then just from like, I mean, DJ, you and I do a good job in the off season of like, like a lot of our big league guys, just every time we see him, it's like, Hey, how do you look today? Um, and then just like, Hey, do you see what's going on in there? Does it look great? Am I missing anything? You know, stuff like that, because I don't tell you, you can like back me up on this, but I feel like the athletes are more open with us on shit that's bothering them. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they tend to hide shit from the trainers for whatever yeah. reason. And yeah, they do that's... a good job of being like, hey, this has been tweaking for a little bit. It's like, well, did you tell DJ? No. Why the fuck not? Like, yeah. he's seeing you every day. I'm seeing you once every two weeks, you know. So just being able yeah, to be open. Don't wanna, just don't want to just, you know, they want to get, get in the weight room. That's what's fun for them. You know, it's yep. truthfully, it's just the fact that they want to get under a bar or deadlift yep. or they want to do their fun shit. And, you know, you can do the needles. They know they're not going to that's not fun i'm just like oh shit i gotta do this anyways you know yeah, yeah i think there's that's, always this this like level of like the athlete not necessarily knowing what you guys are capable of and like they kind of compartmentalize sometimes versus like we work together as a team and just trying to always communicate that to them so but, yeah i think yeah taking taking that and just explain that to the athlete first and foremost right terry where it's going to be you know like you need to talk to your strength staff like I talk to the strength staff as much as you talk to them. So don't hide shit from me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you're not going to get hide anything. Yeah. Like, so that's been, yeah, that's been like kind of one of the biggest benefits is like just having us all like in close proximity to each other is like, even if I'm, you know, even if I'm busy working with like, you know, a few athletes, like the guys will like, they'll, a lot of the athletes are pretty open after the fact, I guess we'll say about kind of co like corresponding or letting the uh, strength staff or the throwing staff know that something's bothering them. Uh, but kind of as Nick alluded to like early on, you know, especially on day one, because we have guys come in through their motion capture on day one uh, as many safeguards as we try to put in as far as, Hey, are you ramped up? Have you been throwing high intent? Do you have any injuries? The answer 99.9% .9 of the time from guys is yeah, I'm good. <laughs> the, the actual answer 99, not 0.9% .9 of the time, uh, isn't always the case. And then, you know, in an ideal world, yeah, like they'd be seeing me first, but just, you know, by the way we're set up, we just can't do that. Uh, it comes out after the fact, like, oh yeah, by the way, I just actually took like two weeks off from throwing. Uh, it's like, yep. what? <laughs> yep. uh, or it's like, or it's like, yeah, I actually threw in a game last night for four innings. It's just like, what, like, where are you, what do you, you know what you're doing on day one here? You know, we're not throwing any surprises at you. And then, like I said, we do, we have like multiple layers of when they call in, we tell them like, you need to be ready on day one to throw high intensity. When they walk in the door, we ask them that. When they're warming up, we need to tell, like, we ask them that. And for some guys, regardless of how many people ask them, whether it's me, whether it's a throwing trainer, whether it's like the front desk, they're always going to say they're ready. And just because they just, they just want to throw high intensity. Um, and then after the fact, it comes out like, oh yeah, by the way, I, I pitched on two days ago. Or the worst, the worst thing that we've dealt with, and you know, down here in Arizona, same in Colorado, Nick is, yeah, I'm not going to play summer ball. I'm just going to train, develop, 
get stronger, pitch design, blah, blah, blah. Hey, I, I'm actually throwing in a game on Saturday. I'm like, yep. what the fuck? Yeah, we literally <laughs> had that same shit earlier this week. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, I'm not playing this summer. You know, I'm taking it off. And like, I just got it from Georgia. I threw four innings. My elbow feels like shit. <laughs> oh, really? Because we were nowhere near being ready to do that. Great. Good to talk. Glad, glad you thought you were not ready. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then and then going to the next thing is like, you know, athletes come to us like all of a sudden, like, hey, like, my arm hurts. Can you can, can you needle my arm, Nick? Like, no, yeah, it's, it's not. Like, yeah, let's talk about the bigger issue here. It's like, yeah. Leading, in, leading into that, my point is, right, let's let's address the cause, not the actual point of, point of origin, right? You know, and like – that's something that, you know, I know you do a really good job, Terry. You do a really good job, Nick, is, you know, like, I mean, I'm not to just throw needles in the bicep because the bicep's sore. You know what I mean? Right. You know, talk about kind of that pathology a little bit. Nick, let's start with you, and then Terry will go to you. I mean, my thing is always, like, just really educating patients on, like, we have all these sexy manual therapy techniques that, you know, will get you in a good spot potentially immediately. But at the end of the day, like, if you're not addressing the foundational issues, then what's the point? You know, I mean... Um, like my new therapist, she's just moved here from California and so she can't heal yet. So we got to get her certified in it. And like, yeah, people come in for needling. We're good at it. People like it, but they also get lazy and complacent when that's all you do. And if you're not addressing that underlying issue, I don't even want you as a patient. You know, it's, if you're not going to work on your movement issues, you're not going to work on your strength issues and, you know, put the work in on that. I could needle your lat till the, till the cows come home to loosen it up. But if you're not working on proper execution of the weight room then why you know why are we working together type thing and you know i've gotten really i guess kind of lazy by having push a part of my team because i can by and large defer to that and i can just be like hey you know what you've got 30 45 minutes with me versus an hour plus four days a week with push like why don't we just communicate together to make you work better as, as a whole and you know just use us and that's why i love doing like post-op rehab with you guys because you know, my TJ kids that rehab with you guys versus the ones that just kind of do it on their own are just so much faster to recover. So, um, but I mean, it's just, you know, I, Terry and I have actually shared quite a few patients um, over the years, actually. And like, I know like Mab was in here this past off season. And first thing I do is text Terry because like I got a pretty good grip on like what he likes to do. And I just kind of say, hey, let's stick to that programming and we're going to add a little bit of the manual, but Terry's got you ironed out. You're with him more. Just, just kind of get after that stuff. So, but yeah, so just big picture, just, work on the reason not not just throw a bunch of needles in somebody or manip them or whatever you know so yeah and what kind of pathologies are you looking for it's like toes up head up or toes down or sorry head down toes up like where, where are you starting at terry like what are you looking at uh it's it's gonna be more led by like what they're telling me first off uh so again i don't i don't have, i don't have like specific as long as I've been at driveline, I don't have like specific algorithms still that at least I'm aware of. Um, <laughs> but generally, I usually start mostly off like I think you, I've heard you guys talk about this both of you million you know tons of times already. But just looking at like what's going on like rib cage and pelvis, uh, I usually I don't want to say like that's the underlying cause for everything, obviously, but I think that's a good place to start. And I feel if you can get whether it's you know, they're lacking mobility in like certain parts that are rib cage or lacking, you know, be able to get in certain positions with the pelvis. Uh, I feel if we can get that cleared up, a lot of other issues will kind of follow suit. Uh, and then from there, if we need to get more granular as far as, like, okay, now we get like specifically into the shoulder, into the bicep, um, down into the knee or whatever. Let's go after that. But, you know, I kind of just use the shitty analogy of like, you know, you can't build a you know a house on a foundation of quicksand. Yeah. Uh 
And if you're not getting like my, at least my opinion is if you're not getting that foundational layer of like ribcage pelvis mechanics, at least in a better spot, I'm not saying it has to be pristine by any means, but if you're not making like those changes, then anything that you're doing on top of that, as far as like getting into the extremities, I think is going to be kind of more, more for naught. And it's like, yeah, you'll still make, I mean, Nick already alluded to, you're still going to make changes in an athlete, like short term. Uh, basically you can do anything. Like I can just rub an athlete's back for a little bit. And like, his... I love the, I love the velo slap video you did. Yeah. That's my all time favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just doing that now for everyone. I just like velo slap them and tell them that they're fine. And then like three days later, they feel good. I, I just attribute it to the velo slap and not actual natural history. Uh, yeah. what's that? He said it works every time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, what was that again? Velo slaps undefeated. He said, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean like you can, I got get off track here. Like you can do pretty much anything. I don't say pretty much anything, but you can do a lot of things that are going to make guys like feel good short term. Absolutely. And even then, like, you know, kind of alluding to like natural history, where like an injury is still going to heal up on its own over time. And I think that's where a lot of treatments, they get a lot more shine than what they're probably deserved of. Uh, as far as like, oh, yeah, you do, we, because we did this, you know, whatever treatment, you got better. So therefore, it must have been because of this treatment where it's like you probably got better because you stopped doing stupid shit and your body just healed up because you're 22 and your body's going to heal up. Uh, right. Which then, you know, which then, like, if, if I'm going to rant a little here, I, I try to, like, keep athletes out of that cycle of feeling like that's providing them the benefit because essentially, you know, even outside gap year guys, like, most, your, most that we're going to see guys is for two months, a month of the year. And then the rest of the time they're going to be at home on their own. Um, you know, maybe at a gym, maybe if they're lucky with a physical therapist, but you know, a good chunk of their season is going to be, you know, in a league where, or a, at a college where they're, they're going to be told do sleeper stretch if they're allowed to see a trainer. Uh, and they need to like, they need to kind of figure out some shit out on their own that like either one, they're not going to like, they can get by with just trainers tell them to tell them do sleeper stretch. Uh, or B, just figure out how to just how to manage your symptoms on their own. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what I was alluding to is you're addressing that sleeper stretch, you're addressing that internal rotation deficit without actually doing anything for you and actually causing more issues, right? So how are yeah. we gonna how are we gonna get these clients or athletes educated enough to take that to their their trainers at school or with even with an organization? There's some bad organizations out there, right? There's terrible organizations out there, <laughs> terrible big time D ones out there that yeah. have no feel for what's going on. So how do we give the athlete the tool to say like, what do that? What does the athlete say? Like, you know, Nick and I communicate. With you, I know you communicate with with schools and orgs all the time. But like, how do we get those orgs to buy into what we're doing? How do we get the athlete to be educated enough to tell the tell the the the, P, the PT staff, the trainers at school or the teams to, you know, hey, like. When I do that sleeper stretch, like I don't really feel right. It feels like my, my capsule is getting a little more loose. Like it's not stable enough. Like how do I, you know, I'd rather do like a 90-90 breathing or how do I do, you know, a, a, you know, a screwdriver pattern or whatever to increase my RB, IR because of this, right? So how do we kind of bridge that gap essentially? <laughs> uh, if you know the answer, if you, you guys have yes. the answers to that. Yeah. <laughs> 
if you guys have the answers to that, let me know and we can, uh, <laughs> we can, I think that's a business model in of itself. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, well. I think <laughs> the best thing you said, I think the best thing you said there was just like, just ongoing athlete education, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, nothing again, I don't want to throw like shitty organizations under the bus as much. Actually, I kind of would like to, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like individual providers under the bus by any means because like they're doing the best that they can with like the tools that they have aware of them you know aware to them and i think the best you can do is like educate an athlete of like okay this is what i think is going on we're utilizing this tool for you this is why i think it's working in the event that something like this happens i think like going back to this this tool or this tool is probably a more viable gonna be a more viable outcome for you than what is traditionally used whether that's like a, like a sleeper stretch or some type of like some type of like passive modality, like stim or something like that. Um, like the like various things that, you know, might not be actually what they need. But I think I, I said, I think the, be- the end of the day it goes back to like athlete education is the best they're going to be. But even then, like you guys know, there's definitely providers out there, there's coaches out there, there's organizations out there. Be like, no, you need to do it this way. Um, regardless of what they told. There's, I mean, there's layers, right? Like, Oh Yeah. Every person has to report to somebody at every level. Unless you're at a facility like your guys or ours or, you know, similar to ours, right? Our models, you know, like everybody has to report to, you know, the director of physical therapy or ATC and then the strength staff. And then, you know, it's like the strength staff has to to report to the director of strength. It really just comes down to, like Terry said, though, like, man, like this is a, this is that time of year too. Like all of our college guys are about to leave. And the number one question mm-hmm. I get asked is like, what do I do when I leave? And it's like, dude, you've been doing it. You've, you've, you stick to the program. And like, I yeah. get so frustrated when guys come back in the winter and they didn't communicate with me while they were gone. You know, it's like, we can usually, a lot of times it's just a simple conversation. Like so many guys fall off their programs when they go to school. And, you know, it's like we've just spent the entire summer building you up and educating you and teaching you. And then you just went to school and forgot about all of it. So, you know, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is like before these guys leave, it's like, hey, you have this program moving forward. Stick to it. Do it on your own time if you have to. You're going to have to play the game a little bit. But, you know, within the organizations or schools or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, you know how to take care of this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I would I, can you hear me better? Yeah. So what I, what I was saying is that there's layers to each each level, right? In college and professional levels, each guy has to report to to somebody else. So you have to work your way up the ladder. You know what I mean? To to communicate yeah. with each person. Right. So like the director of PT or of trainers or whatever it may be, the strength staff has to communicate with their boss only, and their boss has to communicate with the PT staff, and the PT staff can only communicate with their boss, right? So it's a little bit more difficult to communicate on. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, Austin was talking to me last night. There's a. Uh... Okay. Oh, oh, go ahead, Nick. I'll just say Austin was talking to me last night. He's got he's got a you know pro guy in there rehabbing with you guys, and the the team doctor is like so incredibly outdated and behind on the times, and not allowing like, hey, they don't want him to do any shoulder work for six weeks. Austin's like, how do you handle that? And I was like, you fucking do the shoulder work. You do what you want, and yeah. you just got to educate the athlete though on why this is safe, beneficial, and everything else. And then, you know, it's the athlete's body. It's the athlete's job, essentially. So, you know, we need to do what we're best as, you know, experts and professionals in the field. And, you know, he was worried about, like, ruining the relationship with the team. And I was like, the team didn't refer him here. You know, he found us because of who we are. 
I'm not worried about that relationship as long as we're keeping everything safe, you know. So, but you, well, it's just you're always playing that game. It's frustrating. It takes off like like he he showed up doing a brace with like 45 degrees of extension. Now he's able to do some rowing patterns, some like yeah. some high plane. Don't do shoulder. Don't do shoulder work. Though. Don't do shoulder work. <laughs> yeah, like now now we're gonna shut him down for six weeks and just completely regress everything we've done. Like you just mentioned Nick, like just in Colorado facility alone, like we do. You know, one, I think one of the guys, TJ guy, in between, like those guys came to us for that rehab for a reason, right? You know, yeah. and it's and it's not just the fact that, like, we're just gonna throw like, all right, go do uh, four four fifteen four oh five trap bar deadlifts today to see if you can go. You know, there's a, there's a process to each thing, you know, and I think just like edu- like if we can educate organizations, if we can put out continue to put out content like you guys, Terry, you do best in the business of putting out you know research and all that stuff you guys have led the way in that and i think that's just we're slowly changing the game i believe personally now it's finally catching up on bridging the gap between performance rehab and then actual game you know what i mean yeah i think yeah i think as you said like i think it's you gotta just do a uh, guerrilla warfare style just you know (laughs) And incorporate, you know, get enough guys incorporated with the ideas and eventually like more moral change. It's not going to, you know, you're still going to have the old heads there for a long, long time. But like, you know, I, I, I tell, I've told a lot of guys like, you know, it's not your org's career. It's your career. And what, like, until you can play like two sides of the coin, like if the org gets pissed and like, let's say they even get pissed and release you, it was like, okay, well, probably weren't that good then. And then now you got more time to develop. <laughs> or two, like like they they just get pissed, and then so what? You're if you're if you're good enough, you're good enough, and like we're gonna try to keep you good enough, uh, or get, you know I get better, obviously. Uh, but it, that's I think that's the biggest thing that you gotta like got open guys' eyes to is just like, hey, this is not anyone's career but yours, and you need to do what's best for it. And we think based off what we've done in the past, what we have found, what our what you know research honestly shows that this is gonna be the best outcome for you. Hundred percent. I mean, it's just the most important thing to the athlete is a advancing in their career, but also staying healthy, right? Yeah. And like everybody used to bat, you know, weighted balls and plyos and blah blah blah. Now it's like, hey, like that's actually used for arm health. Here's our fucking studies, you know. And it's it's amazing. Like Noah and I had a text a text uh, like a couple months ago at a, a big time school. Like, hey, like what's your plyo routine? We don't do them. Like. What? Like, how do you, like, first of all, like, we just can't give you a plyo routine for a <laughs> second. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's built different. They need different shit. You know, it takes some time to learn. But this is going, like, kids' dream schools. Like, they want to, you know, and and we just got to, on that side, is that we got to make sure the kids end up where, like, you know, they, they can choose if they want to sign with the org, first, of, first and foremost, you know, if they're in, a, in that position. And second of all, they can choose, they can definitely choose what school they want to go to. So there's different mm-hmm. kinds. Of, you know, learning curves there and being able to say, Hey, like, what's your ATC do? Uh, if this, what's your PT do with this? What's, what's your Frank staff do with this? Like, how do you guys communicate? Those are all questions that we, we tell kids to ask on their visits or in team meetings, if they have like at home visits, pre-draft, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, you're hitting nail on the head, just like more education and, more like empowering the athlete is the best. Like at the time, like right now, the best that we can do. Um, <laughs> you know, side note: this is what the 
the you know RIP, but the uh, general concept of baseball health pros was originally about. Unfortunately, yeah. like that just we didn't never had we the three of us that you know started never had the bandwidth to actually keep it up. But that's an ideal world, keeping a, at least a network like that going of like people that you can refer out to um, is going to be huge. Yeah, for sure. I think doing things like you know just basic conversations like we're having for people yeah. to hear too, right? And having oh, yeah. us up about what's going on, and it's not. We're not, we're not competitors. We're, we're trying to work together. You know what I mean? We're trying yes. to help the industry as a whole. Yeah. And that's a lot of things we see wrong when the industry is like a lot of egos, right? Like, hey, like you're a driveline guy, you're a push guy, you're you're a whatever guy. You know what I mean? Nick, you see that a lot in Colorado. Colorado's bad, truthfully. I'm going to blast Colorado right now. Colorado. <laughs> uh, dude. Well, like, it's crazy here because, like, in Colorado, we are, like, next era, we're it. Like, there's no other baseball facilities out here for specific rehab. So it's been interesting down in Arizona where there's one on every every block, you know, because everybody's an ex-baseball guy that wanted to live the dream of treating baseball players. And, you know, like, it's it's crazy here just to the egos within the community of, you know, like, oh, especially me, like, I get it all the time, right? Because we operate like a satellite office at a, a push. It's more for convenience for our guys than anybody else. But, I mean, we kind of open that up a little bit more for the summer. And it's like, hey, we got openings over at push. So, like, nah, fuck that. I don't, I don't, I don't train there. I don't want to go over there. It's like, do you want to get better? Because there's a table there with your name on it. And nobody really gives – we don't give a shit. We're not going to sit here and, you know, try to poach you or talk shit about other facilities. Like, we're here to help you. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's interesting. But then down in Arizona, it's like, nobody really cares. It's, you know, people come in at, at will because they know that they're going to see the person that they think can help their career the most. So it's interesting. It's, I mean, yeah, it's a different, totally different uh, demographic. Like, you know, you, Terry, like you're, you're in one spot. You don't, I mean, how's, how's it up there? You guys, like, what's going we, on? We, uh, yeah, we, it's, it's just weird. It's like, I, I'm like very, I'm kind of, I'm had side note, I'm kind of like partially yipped up about ego right now because like that's a, my biggest rant in the whole industry. Uh, <laughs> so I'm trying to like, I'm just, not, dude. yeah. Uh, so yeah, just like <laughs> the ego aspect is honestly like the, the biggest, uh, the biggest negative for me in this whole field, the whole job uh, is just that uh, everyone, you know, everyone is, I don't say, but the majority of people are people that, played baseball, didn't make it. And now they're like trying to like flex their muscles in baseball some other way. And when you show them something that disagrees with them, they're going to bite back at you. Uh, and like, it's just, you know, I went to a, I won't say what course I went to, but I went to a course however many years ago, three, two, three years ago now. Um, it was like a circle baseball course. And like the whole time was just like everyone fucking trying to big dick me. Like, and it's just like, why? Like I had, I had one dude I sat next to and just introduced myself. And, and then he started talking to me and within five minutes, he starts telling me how he worked with Cole Hamels. I was like, cool. I don't fucking care, man. Like, I'm just here to like, <laughs> like I'm just here to like, just learn from this course. I don't need you to tell me like, who, like just name drop me like the whole time. Uh, yeah. That's so like, that's, I mean, and then, yeah, it's just the, the biggest gripe of, Everyone asks me, like, oh, isn't that, like, awesome dream job? It's like, yeah, but there's, like, still these drawbacks, and that's probably, like, the biggest one. Um, but side, going back to like, your original question of, like, you know, about, like, the local market, I guess, is, like, we, you know, we get people. So <laughs> now I just don't want to, like, rent anybody. But we, like, we get people come out here from, you know, Japan, Korea. We get dudes from England coming out. Like, I didn't even know England had baseball. Uh, and 
like because like they Shout see us in a high <laughs> they see us in like a very you know at a high level where they think is we're the best or someone else but they 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 find value in us but like locally like we're still like taboo in Seattle uh, we get a good amount are. of what's that so that's how we are here in Arizona it's like I would say what do you think guys seventy percent of our guys from out of state like yeah in the college group like it's it's re- our college groups mainly from guys from other you know, all around the West Coast and yeah, you guys on the East Coast is crazy, right? And go ahead. Yeah, if we get so we get a uh, yeah, we like we just don't get. We maybe have like twenty five percent of our athletes are local guys, and there's you hear so many stories about like local coaches, you know, at colleges being like, oh, it you know, don't if you do drive line, we're gonna we. I don't, I won't say a college, but we had a local college that was just like, if you do, if you go to drive line, we're taking away your scholarship. Uh, yeah, it's it's just like absurd. <laughs> like, like how how fragile is your ego that you are going to take away a, a a beneficial thing for an athlete that they are choosing to do? Uh, so it's just it's just it's still battling that. But then it's like, do you get schools on like the East Coast if they're quote unquote drive line schools? Uh, but like it's not it's just not good enough for the local schools because these coaches they. I, you know, you guys mentioned, I think, with the podcast with Casey, of like this, these are their guys, and you can't, you know, you can't touch them. Uh, so yeah, it gets, it's just, it's just, it's frustrating, but it's more just like absurd than anything else of just like the fragility mindset of coaches throughout baseball. I mean, is this crazy to me to think about like the shit you guys put out, the shit we're putting out? I mean, it doesn't matter who it is, right? Just like we're literally doing this stuff for practically free. Yeah, to educate these fucking coaches, right? <laughs> and yeah. they just continue to badmouth what you guys are doing on the plyos or what you guys are doing on, you know, why, why is he doing a pull down or why is he doing a shuffle throw? That rocker throw doesn't work. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, like I mean, what more can you do? You know what I mean? It's, 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 a, it's a battle Nick and I have had since day one, you know, and it, it used to be worse, right? I mean, it like, is, yeah. Yeah, and I was, you know, one of the things I was excited about about doing Arizona last year was like, hey man, we're like we're in the thick of baseball. There's so much opportunity yeah. down there. And then we're and then we're in it. And I've got D one programs saying, if you go do your rehab there, like it, that's not good. Like we're gonna we're gonna down like we, we had guys sneaking in to see us because <laughs> if the school found out they were gonna get in trouble. I was just like, You gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, what are you doing for this guy? Yeah, like you literally don't have. You're one guy amongst like an entire team. You don't have the ability to give him what he needs. We're gonna get him better. And I even tried like reaching out to a couple of trainers, to be like, "Hey, man, like I'm here for the athlete. How can we work together?" No response five back. TJ, five TJ's yeah, later. Just like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we had, so one of the yeah one of the local schools uh, where like it was notorious. It, like it was already well known of like yeah don't don't do drive line. You know they're they're not gonna come in the in the previous four or five years I've been at driveline. I've maybe we've seen maybe two athletes from the school. And then all of a sudden we now have like four or five. And I finally just asked the guys, I was just like, so was there like a, I go, was there like a, I, I was trying to be like very political about it. I was like, so was there like a philosophical change that happened at your school? And they all just started cracking up and they're like, they were so like, yeah, they used to tell us like, don't, if you go to driveline, we're going to take your scholarship. And then a couple of guys that were out like last off season, it's like, oh, guess what? They got better. And now they're like, now the coach is like, oh, well, can you help us like sign other guys up to go to drive line? It's just like, oh my gosh, come on, man. That's crazy. <laughs> no, what were you going to say? Uh, I was just going to say that the worst part, like 
is that we we invite all these high school and college coaches in to like see what we're doing here and like try to educate them as well. And they just aren't taking the time to come check us out or hear us out or anything. They're just yeah. blindly telling their guys not to come to us, which is honestly the most frustrating part. And then yeah. I think it comes more from ignorance, like, oh, I don't know how to use plyo balls, so I'm going to bash it because I know what it is. But, yeah, I was going to say, I think – I don't know how much you guys, like, see what Devin Morgan, our head of, like, our youth academy does at all, but, like, I think that's honestly, like, the best thing that is going for the game. I don't say for the game, but, like, locally at the youth level is, like, what Devin has been, like, creating with the like, youth academy as far as – one, just create a more fun environment for kids to be in as opposed to, like, just the compete, compete, compete when you're fucking 9U trophy. Uh, and just, like, getting them, like, acclimate, like, getting them used to, like, plyos, like, treat, like, treat them, like, showing them that, like, plyos, weighted balls, like, pull-down throws. That stuff is not inherently dangerous if, like, you still, like, prescribe it in the right, you know, in the appropriate manner. And obviously we're not having, like, you know, our 12U kids do the same thing that we're having our college guys, kids, our college guys do. But we're still they're still getting used to like training a certain way that is gonna carry up, you know, carry them up ideally through high school and ideally into college. And again, it just goes back to that guerrilla warfare style of just like we're getting more people involved and then eventually like coaches just have to are gonna have to listen. Coaches and PTs. hundred percent. And it's you know, and like you gotta look like an eleven year old, ten year old, eleven year old, even my five year old, about to be six year old, carries a backpack to school. Right, swings a bat when he plays baseball. Does his does his little monkey bars. Does all this stuff. He's so like stud. He's stud. He's loading <laughs> his body though, right? So like, yeah, he's throwing a baseball. He's throwing rocks. He's throwing different weighted things as is already. You know, I guess yeah. it's like it doesn't. T- it's not rocket science. You literally just see how the kid moves or eleven yeah. or ten year old moves. It's like. Like, yeah, boys throw rocks. They throw different size rocks. They throw baseballs. They throw softballs. They throw Nerf darts. They throw, you know, food. You know, it's like, yeah. Your kids sound like, your kids sound like menaces. But you know what I mean? Like, they, like, it doesn't, it's not a rocket science to figure out that these kids are adapting on their own, right? Yeah. Doing all these things on their own. And this is how they create their, their, their physiological demands and like they get better layback through throwing different weighted implements as a child, you know, yeah. they better end range stability by throwing different things or controlling different things. Like, and then there's demands like where he has, he's carrying his heavy ass backpack with his books, his, his laptop or his, what do you call it? The iPad or tablet or whatever they gave him, you know, it's like that there's different things that these guys don't see, you know, the coaches, they're, they're, they're rolling their bags into the game. They're carrying their bags into the game. Like, they're, they're loading the shit out of their bodies anyways, you know? And, yeah, I think we need to educate kids with – I mean, that's – sorry, that was my rant, but mm-hmm. – cool. <laughs> hey, your, brother's, your brother's on a tangent right now. We're just all – we're all here for the ride. <laughs> we just need to understand the human body better, and coaches need to understand – like, they need to know who, who knows what, right? And they need to refer yeah. – yeah, like, you might know when to implement a yeah. hit and run. But you should probably shouldn't be implementing the the throwing program. You know what I mean? That's yeah. I just think it's our job to get people to the best experts in their respective fields, and not you know go like I shouldn't be playing. Like I know a lot about throwing, but I've got guys around me that are smarter about it. I know a lot about strength and conditioning, but I got guys around me that are smarter about it. So it's like I'm going to do my best to get my athlete to the best expert in their field, so that they can be successful and put my ego aside. And my thoughts aside, and just be like, hey, how do we work together to make this person be successful? 
That's why you're successful, though. You know what I mean? Like, that's why you guys are two of the top PTs in the, in the game, like, truthfully, you know? In my opinion. Um, what's that? I, I said, I, I just said, Lies. thank you. <laughs> well, I, I don't agree, but yeah, I don't agree. I think Nick and I both think you're, you're full of shit, but thank you, anyways. <laughs> I mean, Taylor, you got any yeah, questions? That's, that's, that's the second time I've heard this in two weeks. And... Uh, what? Sick humble brag, Nick. <laughs> Taylor, you got a question? What's that? Uh, humble brag. Nick, kind of going off what you were saying, me and Austin have had this conversation a lot about, um, like, strength coaches out in the field wanting, like, a kid has an elbow issue or a shoulder issue, something like that, and the coach tries to go every which way and direction to try to fix his elbow, but – then again, there's an underlying issue with it that that strength coach might not have been able to see that PT could see. So just being able to like refer out and know when like you've done the most you can to help an athlete and when to get into somebody else, to allow somebody else to work with them. No, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I just can't emphasize that enough. Like open communication, being able to, again, just kind of put, put your athlete in the position to be as successful as they can be. And, you know, the second you start, like, it's kind of like a stay in your lane, bro, type thing to me. Like, I mean, I get it all the time in here where people are like, Hey, like, what should I be doing for X, Y, and Z in my throwing? I'm like, okay, this is what I think, but why don't we talk to the guy you're actually working with all the time and make sure we're all on the same page. I mean, let me do what I'm good at. Let them do what they're good at. So, I mean, you guys are, you guys are still going to have your say in oh, the return, sure. return to throw protocols, right? Yeah, right. Where, I mean, we're yeah, we're like the liaison to me. It's like you know, I had a conversation with a kid today. Is like, I'm going to help your load management, control everything, make sure week to week it's going the way we want it to. But I'm not going to be the one that's going to get all mechanical with you, because you have a guy that you're working with twice a week that's better at it. So I might get input based off of what I'm seeing on the table or in his movement exam or whatever to try to help out. But I'm not going to play pitching coach. You can't. Like Noah, Noah and I talk about like we have a lot of TJ guys here too, and I have everybody but one, I think, right, Taylor? You have the other one? Yeah. You know, so I mean Taylor's guy's still in a brace, so he's not even close. But like Noah one day one day Noah's like, Hey, like we're ramping him up too fast, let's slow him down. We talked to Austin, Austin checked him out. It's like that was great, like we can keep going. You know, it's kind of just like a, a a give or take thing where it's you know, knowing just having having feel for the baseball player. It's Knowing baseball players are different than other athletes, right? Their shoulders are going to look different. Their neck is going to look different. You know, the very unique sport with unique demand. You know, and we need to take that into account when we're addressing rehab. We're addressing, you know, we got to know, like, hey, like, you might have had TJ, but, like, that ligament is stronger than it's ever been, truthfully, Yeah. at this point. Yeah. You know, and we can maybe push the needle a little bit more than we used to just because of the technology we're in. You know, but then now you have – Going back to that kid that is not going to be able to do anything for six weeks now, it's like, what, what the fuck are we doing? You know, and um, I think just addressing addressing a mo- the movement capacity first and foremost, and then getting with the uh, you know with, with you guys, and then you know getting with the pitching coaches, and then seeing what we can do from there is the biggest key because I think that's the biggest loss we have. We had a kid that I don't know who it was. We had a kid that tried and rehab. Oh, Sage, I'm yeah. blasting. Sage, Sage tried to rehab three different injuries on his own, like legit injuries, surgeries. Oh, hip, hip labor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He did a decent job of it, to be fair. He did, but he can't really throw right now. I just shut him down for over a month. So it's just, a, it's just, and I don't shut guys down, Nick. You know that. Like, 
<laughs> you know? So it's just like we're just working behind. I feel like we're always working behind the eight ball, essentially. You know? Yeah. And that's that's the hard part. And it's, I mean, Andrew, what do you got? I mean, let's let's get you on the, on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think it just comes down to like, yeah, who the hell's Andrew? He's <laughs> our new coach. That's my guy, man. That's my guy. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I, I think I'll be there. Hey, Terry. I don't know if you remember me. I worked with you at at Driveline like four years ago, maybe further than Andrew. that. But. Amato? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, man? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think, who's, I was like, who's Andrew? <laughs> yeah, like from a throwing standpoint, I think it just comes down to like really just having a, a general like understanding of like what throwing is and like the demands it puts on your body, especially like when it comes to like I just had a, a, a kid come in like last week and we did an assessment on him. I was like, okay, hey, like how you feeling? Like we're going to go through this assessment, like probably like 67%. And he was like, oh, yeah, I feel good. Like, have I've been throwing a decent amount. Well, like, he didn't really, like, want to get into it. And then, sure enough, like, we finished the assessment. And he was like, I was like, all right, how you feeling? Like, here, here are the plans for, like, next week. And he was like, oh, yeah, like, I just – I worked with, like, another company yes, or literally yesterday. And, like, he was doing full-on pull-downs. And then two days before that, he pitched into the game. And I was like, I was like – First of all, like you're kind of like at the age of like, hey, like this is kind of serious, and if you want to like take it to that next level, like this is definitely not the way to go about it. So it's like, from my from my point of view, it's like I just for the most part I see just guys who have no idea of like load management, specifically with throwing, and it's just like, oh yeah, long toss every day, like oh this makes yeah. sense, I'm just blow it out every day, but. Um, that's know, something yeah. we, we talked to you about, though, right? Yeah. Andrew is, you know, a lot of your questions have been like, how to load, load, load management, like from the weight room side to the strength side, like how do we combine it, right? And at first you're like, hey, like I want to do this with the athlete, I want to do this with the athlete, do this with the athlete, but then on the throwing side, it's like, well, when are we gonna fit that in, yeah. you know? And Nick, I don't know if you know, Andrew's like kind of a hybrid coach where he's a hybrid strength and pitching guy now, um, so he's he's working with like nice. our. Are younger? Do you, pay, do you pay him more? <laughs> I should, um, but you know, it's the, like the fact that he's able to see those things. But you know, he he was under the impression where he needed to like, essentially do like some kind of periodization in the weight room, but we weren't able to control the demands very well. We had too many high days, not enough low days, right? And you know, coming on from your guys' standpoint, it's like preservation is key, right? And getting them to recover and regain that range of motion. So I set a whole list and run them on the whiteboard. And I was like, hey, dude, like, show me where you're going to fit this in. You know, and just, just the education part of just our, our, even our own staff or even the coaches is, is what are you doing? is <laughs> huge, you know? So, um, you know, yeah. just uh, get that a lot. Load What's that? What do you say? Oh, just like the whole, I mean, well, just as far as like educating within the staff, I mean, that's, that, that's huge too. Cause I mean, like DJ, especially you and I, I mean, we've been doing this for 10 plus years and, you know, just being able to bring on new people to talk the same way and educate them on how we like to do things and stuff like that. But at the same time, not taking away their autonomy, you know, being respectful of that, but just being able to like, Hey, we know you bring something to the table. However, this is what we have found is successful. And this is the expectation our clients have when they walk in the door too. So just that open communication within the within the team too. 
I still don't, I still don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So Terry, you got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, I mean, I think we hit a lot of good stuff. Um, you know, kind of, a, well, I was going to kind of add on to just like of fitting stuff in, like that's kind of been a big, that's always been an ongoing thing we've had with like our own athletes of like, you know, a lot of the athletes, uh, you know, a lot of the athletes are very driven and they're still in the mindset of like, yeah, I just want to do, I need to do X, Y, Z. I need to get like as much work in as I can, you know, fit it in. So we get a lot, we've had a lot of guys historically, as much as we try to educate them on it. Of like they'll they'll do their workouts here, they'll lift, they'll throw, and then, but then they'll like either later on the day or earlier in the day they'll they'll go to like Planet Fitness or LA Fitness or wherever and like get another workout yeah. in, you know, to do a little bit extra work, and it's just like, and but and then it's it's something that doesn't come out until either a they've plateaued in their progress or b they've kind of sustained an injury, uh, so that's just another thing of just like you gotta if we thought more like. You know, I tell athletes, so we're, we're giving you what we think is a re- basically a recoverable amount of work, you know. And if you're throwing more work on top of that, you're just draining your batteries more and more. And unless you want those batteries to get like drained enough to the point where like you're not giving them enough recovery, that's when at best your performance is going to suffer, at worst, you're going to sustain an injury for sure. So, like I said, that's oh, go ahead. I said for sure, I think the most important thing too is. Realizing instead of going to like Planet Fitness to work out, maybe just go see you, you know, the PT staff for some prehab stuff, right? Yeah. Let's, let, you don't have to be injured to go to see you, you know? Yeah. That's the thing. You know, you're a feel good doc too. Preach. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're getting guys to move better, feel better, perform better, all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, yeah, all right. If you want to go crush some bicep curls once in a while, like, fine, do it, you know? But, like, let's get you on the table and let's do some, you know, some uh, treatment, you know, that's not a STEM unit or that's, that's not your Normatec boots or whatever it may be. You know, mm-hmm. let's, let's get you some range of motion work with with the doctor. Let's do something actually productive, you know. And yeah. Like, that's something you, that we see a battle, too, is I mean, getting guys on the table when they're not hurt. Yeah. I was uh, I was joking with my my wife, I believe, last week that uh, or Yeah, I think it was my wife. I had an athlete. Last week, he he kind of had like a little bit like his arm was a little bit beat up, and he just like comes up, he like just comes up to me, and he was just like, "Terry, is it okay if I if I do this workout today?" I go, "How's your arm feel?" He goes, "Good." I go, "Okay, well, if it hurts, stop doing it. Like, back off. Feels good. Go with it." And he just he goes, "Okay." And he walks in, just like, "What a fucking absurd like job I have." <laughs> it's like you tell yep. the three don't do that yeah. <laughs> but don't touch the fire yeah it's uh, that's i mean that's right like yeah how do you feel today oh good all right let's go how do you feel like yeah. shit well, it's different like it's not that yeah. hard yeah okay uh I'm, I'm, yeah that's uh that's six plus years of education at work there yeah we, we made it guys we spent a lot of money yep yep <laughs> made it well, I appreciate you guys coming on. You got anything else? No, this was a blast. Yeah, I know it's kind of just a bullshit. Yeah, shit man, absolutely. Anytime. You know, good to fun. put good to put faces with names. Even though I've seen yeah. you guys before on social media, but not actually like with mouths moving. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate, it, man. I know you're busy. Hey, man. next. Uh... What? Nah, it's just here. Um, hey, next spring, Terry. Let's get together down there, man. We talked about it last. I'm week. down. Yeah, I'm down. Well, let's let us know if you need anything. We'll-